coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at MyBookie. There is still time this football season for you all to jump in on the action. A lot of you have already done so, but if you haven't signed up for an account, now is the time. Go to MyBookie.ag, use our promo code UGA to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit, or if you want a cash bonus straight to your account, use the code 200CASH to get that 10% cash Cash bonus with no strings attached. So make the best choice for yourself and sign up today at mybookie.ag. But all right, guys, I am Tyler. And once again, I am joined at the end of the week by the star of the podcast, my illustrious co-host, Charlie, who is back to help me do our weekly picks of the week. Where are we now, Charlie? Week 12? I always lose count. Week 12, right? This will be week 13. No. Is it? Yes. No. We had a bye week. This is week... No, it can't be week 13. Yes. No, week 13 is the final week because we have to play 12 games with a bye week. That's 13 weeks. So week 13 is the last week. This is week 12, right? We played 10 games. We had one bye week. That's 11. This week makes 12. I feel like you're gaslighting me right now. I have no idea what's happening. Is this intentional or are you actually looking this up right now? Oh, I'm looking it up. Yeah, it's week 12, Charlie. No, it's week 13. Well, if you count week zero. I'm just telling you what this is called. We, but do you hear my math? We played 10 games. We've had one bye week. That's 11 weeks. This week makes week 12. Okay. Right? Great. Week zero is only for teams that don't matter. Sure. Week 12. Yeah, week 12. Week 12. I think it's week 12. Then I we, could be wrong. I'm going week 12. Then we said the wrong week last week. It's okay. Well, it's one of those weeks. It's late in the season. It's a week of college football, and we've got some picks for you. Is that fair, Charlie? Can we go with that? Sure. We'll go with that. All right. Charlie, you are the keeper of all the records, so I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to you. How did last week play out? Well, your midseason slump is far in the rear view as you went 7-6 and six last week, giving you four straight weeks over 500. That's You're very now, kind of you to say, Charlie. Thank you. Yep, 32-17 and 17 over the last month. That's 65%. 65 percent is that right let's go i'll take that that's what i wanted all season unfortunately we did as you said we had that we had that slump that's what everybody wants well i was over 60 percent the last two years so i guess there's still time Ah, ball season's gonna be good for us you're currently 72 and 60 overall that's 55 percent so it's gonna take some doing it's gonna take some doing Mr. Parlay was also back in action last week as you hit your parlay of michigan arizona oklahoma and lsu which brings you to seven and five with your parlays. The upset specials weren't as hot as you missed both Utah over Washington and Miami over FSU. Six and 16 in upset specials. I almost hit both those, Charlie. But I told everyone, I, I'm taking some long shots, and those long shots almost paid off. They didn't. Almost doesn't count when you come to betting. Well, I guess if you're covering spreads, but yeah, I get it. I lost those. Not great. No. I went four and four last week total of 40 and 35 overall which is 54 percent so i'm still in striking distance of you as we get closer to the end yeah it's neck and neck still it was close i was close to hitting my parlay but arkansas of course let me down i've sworn them off charlie you need to do the same four and seven on parlays can we just institute a podcast-wide ban on betting on arkansas in the future oh yes please can we just do that i i i 
for a long time, I kept saying, no, no, I'm a, they, they've got it. They're better than what, how they're playing. But no, I'm done, Charlie. It's over. Arkansas is dead to me, officially, Yeah. for now. Well, I did, however, hit my upset special with Texas Tech taking down Kansas. So there's that for the upside. There's that. Congrats. That's big. So it's now three and six for upset specials. I mean, that's better than me. Yep. I'll give you that. You've got that on me, for sure. Those all, specials have not been great for me this year. And you're only one percentage point ahead of me, so I'm okay with that. What were your thoughts on last week? I thought it was a good week. Uh, seven and six. Hey, I'll take any time it's a winning week and I'm making a profit. You better believe I'm going to take that every single time. This week, you know, it, it was a little bit different. A number of these weeks, like when I had my slump, as you said, Charlie, I felt so good about those bets. And even after I lost, I'm like, man, that was the right side. It was just a play here or there, a stupid turnover, or bad call, wrong mistake, whatever. And the balance of the ball just went against me. That wasn't uh, so much the case last week. Arkansas, probably the worst bet of my life. I had Arkansas minus two and a half, and they got beat, what, like 48-10? Something like that at home to Auburn, who I still don't think is that good. That would, there's no defense there. That's indefensible. That is a horrific bet, and I apologize if any of you took that one. So, yep, that was a terrible, terrible bet. One of the worst in my life. But you know what? I wasn't done with some of the worst bets in my life. I had Oklahoma State minus two and a half. I was feeling good about Oklahoma State, guys, as they, they already cashed my first win total of the season. Loved him. Beautiful. Very happy. Very excited about them. And they promptly go to UCF, and they get just freaking curb stomp 45-3. to So two of the worst bets, literally the worst bets of my life in terms of like final outcome in the same weekend. So those are indefensible. There were a couple that were close. Arizona, Colorado. I mean, I had Arizona minus 10. They should have they should have put another touch on the board. They didn't, whatever. It happens sometimes. Louisville, th- this is one I was close on. I, I like the bet. Louisville over 33. They scored 31 points in that game, so I lost it by two points. And they missed a, an easy chip shot field goal. And they had a chip shot field goal set up that they muffed the snap. And so if one of those goes through the uprights, I cover. But again, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. That's what happened there. So I feel good about that bet. But Arkansas... And Oklahoma State, just bad. Just bad bets. But overall, again, seven and six week, I'll take that every single week. Just keep taking that profit. Keep taking that profit week after week, and eventually it adds up, and that's what's going on for me this season. So, yeah, I'll take it, Charlie. Not my best week, but certainly not my worst. All right. Well, with that being said, you know, I had a play on that Oklahoma State game, too, last week, and it was just brutal disgusting in the rain yeah that's the thing it was it was like hurricane conditions you saw right hurricane conditions now obviously UCF had to play in hurricane conditions too and they scored 45 points Oklahoma State scored three but just a torrential torrential downpour doesn't do justice to what we saw it it was like a a, a tsunami out there so that certainly didn't help but regardless just an absolutely horrible bet and I feel terrible about that one I am embarrassed by that pick but you know I guess it happens sometimes yeah well are you ready to jump into week 12 the second edition are we going to week 12 week 12 it's week 12 but I I'm think looking called... this up I'm pulling up I'm pulling up no it's feed. week 12 I looked it up oh so I was right it's okay you can say it Tyler, it's week you're right. 12 but I think yeah called... last week week 11 picks will oh, the dogs okay. run the rebels out of town well I had the tab wrong in so the Charlie spreadsheet. you're the star of the podcast so you're never wrong so we'll just Call it whatever you want it's to okay, call it. okay. I'm wrong all the time, but I still... No, never. You're the start of the podcast. Never. It's never okay. wrong. Never it wrong. It happens. All right. You ready to go? Let's go. All right. A week after clinching the SEC East for the sixth time in the last seven seasons, the Georgia Bulldogs are heading to Rocky Top to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. We all had this game circled in the preseason as the game that would likely determine the SEC East, but it did lose some of its luster with Tennessee getting destroyed by Mizzou last week and the Dogs clinching the East. 
But regardless, it is still going to be an extremely tough test for the Bulldogs because the Tennessee team and fan base have not forgotten what happened last year in Athens. How could you, Charlie? How could you? Ruined their dreams, destroyed their souls. It was beautiful, glorious, every second of it. Where they were number one for like six days. Yeah, and they thought that they had just won the universe, Charlie, but reality check came, and it came hard. Yes, well, Neyland Stadium is always a hostile environment, and with the number one team in the country coming to town combined with the revenge factor, the place may come open at the seams. The dogs are the 10-point road favorite with the point total set at 59. Now, if you have not listened to the Tennessee preview, go check it out. Yes, put a lot of time into that one. And a lot of detail into that yes, one. Probably, now, I would say, I think, the most in-depth preview I've done for a game that's maybe not the national championship. I would right. say for the regular season. Okay. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like it. That's my that's my take. I don't know. We'll get the listeners' opinion, but I I give it my best shot. All right. Um. Now, this is a three thirty game. Three thirty. Yep. You know, it's not. Thank God, night. it's not at night. It's not at night. That's good. But it will be nighttime when it's over. It will Second get half, dark yeah. pretty early. Yep. So what happens this time of year, Charlie? What's, What's your, your favorite time of year? No, it's not. <laughs> you love this. You love the dark and the cold. I know you do. <laughs> What's your take on this game? Well, Charlie, you have been to Neyland Stadium many a time, just as I have. So you know, just as I do, that this Tennessee fan base, this team, the entire state of Tennessee is going to be out for blood on Saturday. Just be prepared for that, guys. This is going to be the most difficult environment that we have played in in probably five years. Is that fair to say, Charlie? Like, what would you say is the, the most difficult environment we've played in recently? Was just, you left that stadium going, oh my God, that was a wild environment. Uh, well, you I know, think LSU 2018. Yeah, I have a horrible memory. I mean, Auburn has been like, obviously 2017 Auburn was insane. That place just fell apart. 2019 Auburn was really, really loud too. I think 2021 Auburn was also loud, but I would say 2018 LSU. Over that, yeah. over that, right? I mean, I'm not, I can't, I can't. They all just start to run together. If it was 2017 Auburn, yeah, I might give that because that place was insane that night, afternoon slash night. But yeah, I think maybe 2018, arguably 20, 2019 Auburn, I guess. I don't know, but it's been a minute, guys, since we have played in an environment that is going to be as raucous and hostile as the environment that we are going to walk into on Saturday afternoon inside Neyland Stadium. Tennessee fans are the worst fans that I have ever come across, guys. I, I mean that. Every fan base has their boneheads. They've all got them. Even our fan base has, has got them. I mean, yes, Charlie's laughing at me. There's my old man word. I can't say what I want to say, Charlie. This is a family show. But, they, but you get my point. Boneheads, doofus, doofi. I, what, I what love we, it. I love it. I can't, I can't, you know, we got children listening, I think, probably out there. So we're, we're trying to keep this a family show. So, yes, boneheads it is. We've all got them. We've got them in our fan base. South Carolina, when they're when they're winning, they kind of suck. Florida always sucks. Florida's just Charlie. Can I say the word? Can I say trashy? Can I just say that? Is that a? Can I say that? That's not so bad. It's just honest. I mean, it's not nice. It's the trashiest fan base. You you know it too. You I see it in your face. Yes, you know I'm right. It's not nice. But it's true. But try to be nice. Okay, you're right. They well they are um the most uncouth fan base. Okay, now you're just trying to... Can we go with that? Move on. You don't need to describe them. Regardless, the Tennessee fans suck. Can we say that? Sure. Come on. They are what they are. They're terrible. They are the worst fan base in the country. And like, Even when they're not good, they're terrible. But when they're good or think they're good, they are by far, bar none, the worst that we encounter. So 
It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. They're going to be out for blood. I don't care that they just lost to Missouri. I don't care that they are officially out of the SEC East race and that this game doesn't have the implications that all those orange-clad folks on Rocky Top swore it would all offseason. None of that matters. This place is going to be wild. It will be bananas. We are the two-time defending national champion, the newly minted number one team in the nation, justice is served, who just so happens to have dealt this same program an ego-crushing reality check last season in Athens. They want blood. They want revenge. They want respect. They want relevancy. And there's no better way to get that than by winning this game, beating this team, this program on a huge stage in a weekend that's really, let's be real, guys. We're going to talk about the rest of the slate later on. That's largely devoid of other big matchups. There just aren't many big matchups on the slate. This is the one. It's going to be one heck of a challenge. Hear me when I say that. It's going to be a very, very tough challenge for us on the road in this stadium. Curry Smart says it all the time. Winning on the road anywhere in the SEC is tough. Winning on the road at this stadium, in this environment, with this context, is going to be difficult. This is not going to be a cakewalk. But I believe it is a challenge that we are ready for. We no longer have to worry about Carson Beck and how he will respond on the road. You remember before the Auburn game, I kept telling you guys, like, man, like, we don't know. Carson's played really, really well, but when you go into an environment like that on the road in the SEC for the first time as a starter, you don't know until you know. You don't know how he's going to respond. Well, Carson passed that test with flying colors. He went into... Well, it was not a road environment, but it wasn't a home environment in Jacksonville in front of his home crowd, his home fans, his, all his people, all his family, friends, all that. That's a tough environment in that kind of situation. He responded extraordinarily well. We don't have to worry about Carson in that regard. Is he going to be ready for the moment? Is he going to be okay in a tough environment? We've seen that from him. I feel good about that. We are finally healthy ish, at least as healthy as we have been all year. We are confident coming off two big wins. We have figured out our identity, who we are on offense. And probably most importantly, we're just better in just about every single facet of the game than Tennessee is. We are more efficient. We are more explosive on offense. We give up far fewer explosive plays on defense. We are better against the pass. We throw the ball better. We are better on third down. We are better in the red zone. We are the more disciplined team. I mean, guys, Tennessee is the most penalized team in the SEC. We are the second least penalized team in the SEC. We have the better quarterback. We protect the passer better. We have the best players on the field and the best single player in Brock Bowers. We have the better coaching staff. We have the pedigree. We've been there. We've done that. We've been in these situations. You'd be really hard-pressed. You have to look really hard to find any sort of edge that Tennessee has in this game because it's not the same Tennessee team from a year ago as I laid out in great detail on our deep dive preview episode earlier in the week. And as Charlie said, if you haven't checked that out and you really, really, really want to know what to watch for and what's going to go down this game, check out that episode. That's where I talk schemes, players, matchups, all of that stuff. When you're looking for any sort of edge that Tennessee has in this game, well, okay, you look at their run game. They are the second best rushing offense in the SEC. For most of the season, they have been the best rushing offense. They got held to under 100 yards for the first time all season in Columbia, Missouri last week, and that dropped them to number two when LSU put up like 300 yards rushing. But if you look at the rushing defense, 
We are the second best rush defense in the league. Now, we've been number one in rush defense for most of the year. We dropped last week down to 107.9 yards per game. So that puts us at number two in the league behind Texas A&M. But we are still one of the best run defenses, if not the best rush defenses in the entire league. So that in some ways kind of mitigates how well Tennessee runs the football. And that's a great matchup. That's a very important matchup in this game. The other obvious advantage and edge that Tennessee has this game is, as I said earlier, the home field. Home field edge is big in the SEC. And this is going to be an incredibly tough home field environment. And their offense is also, it's a unique offense. It's really schemed well. Again, check out our preview episode if you want to go into the scheme stuff. I really dive in deep on that. But the problem is for this Tennessee team is, yeah, while their offense is really well schemed, it's a very simple scheme, but it's a well-schemed offense and it's really hard to stop. They just don't have the personnel that they have a year ago. It's all about creating one-on-one matchups and creating explosive play opportunities. But they, when they create the one-on-one matchups, which they are able to do this year, they just don't have the personnel at receiver or at quarterback to connect on those deep vertical shots on the field the way they did, the way they did last year with Hinton Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, those kind of guys. They don't have those dudes at receiver. They don't have that guy at quarterback. So it's just not the same offense. If it's not the same Tennessee offense, it's not the same Tennessee team it was a year ago, which is why they are 7-3 and three coming into this game. The key to this game is, is really a two-fold key. And it's like I said on the preview episode, we have to be able to stop the Tennessee run game with the even numbers in the box. That is the ultimate key to slowing down this Tennessee offense. You've got to stop the run game because they want to run the football despite what you may think about Tennessee's offense. They run the ball 55% of the time. They did that last year, and they're also at 55% run pass splits this year. So you got to stop the run, and the only way you can really do that is with the even numbers in the box. If you roll safeties down the box, you give them one-on-one opportunities on the outside. Now, maybe we'll be more apt to do that this year because they don't have Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. And even Brew McCoy, that, that kind of personnel on the outside. So it makes you feel a little bit better about bringing guys in the box and having those one-on-one matchups, but it's still not something you want to be in that situation because that is really what Tennessee wants you to be in. So can we stop the run with even numbers in the box like we had the last two years? That's why we have had no issues beating Tennessee the last two years while they've been dropping 50 and 60 on teams left and right outside of playing us because those teams cannot stop the run with even numbers in the box. That is obviously a key. And on the flip side, can we run the football? This is a good Tennessee rush team. It's going to about 113 yards a game. They're top five in the, in the SEC in that regard. And we're getting better and better in the football. Kendall Milton is becoming the Kendall Milton that we always hoped and thought he could be. Dejan Edwards is just the model of consistency for us. The offensive line is starting to gel and play better. Got Marius Mims back into the fold. So if we can find a way to stop their run and run the football well enough against this Tennessee defense to where we stay out of third and long situations, so they have the second best pass rushing unit in the league. James Pierce is second in the league in sacks with eight sacks. They have a multitude of guys that can rush the passer. Tyler Barron, they have a couple interior guys that can give them some pass rush from the interior. So can we run the football, stay out of third and long, take the crowd out of the game, and keep those chains moving? If we can do that and we stop their run game, I don't see any way that we lose barring complete meltdown, turnover, special teams, disasters, those kind of things. Now, I will say the last key here for us in this game is we really need to start fast. If one of the only big edges they have in this game is the home field edge, like we had a year ago, and let's not let's not lie, guys, that was a huge edge for us last year. That crowd was insane, and that mattered. I mean, how many false starts did they have? Their communication was very difficult, and we're going to face that this year, at least to open the game. So we need to have an answer early, and we need to come out swinging from the jump. We have to end this streak of allowing opponents to score in the opening drive. We cannot let that happen in this game. Let's start fast. Don't let them score. Take the ball down the field in our first possession. Score. Score again. Take the crowd out of it and never take your foot off the throat. That's what we've got to do. If we do that, 
We've got this game, guys. Because again, like I laid out, we are better in just, just about every facet of this game. We just have to avoid the upset recipe. And what is the upset recipe? It's three scoops of turnovers, a dash of special teams disaster, a pinch of stupid penalties. You mix all that together, and what do you have? You have an upset. So we have to avoid those things. You got to play a clean game. Obviously, in a, in a game like this, in a setting like this, you got to play clean. We know that doesn't even need to be said. Can't turn the ball over, can't give up defensive scores, can, can't give up special team scores, got to score touchdowns in the red zone, have to hold them to field goals in the red zone. All of those things you always have to do when you're the, the heavy favorite in the game. Obviously, it applies in this game. So do those things. Stop the Tennessee run game. At least hold the Tennessee run game in check. Find a way to run the football effectively enough, and we win this football game comfortably, which I believe that we will, Charlie. It might be it might be somewhat close early like it was against Missouri, like it was against Ole Miss, but we are the better football team, and I think that we're going to pull away in this game. I hope that it is not close early. I hope that we get out to that fast start, like I said, so that we can take the crowd out of it. And we just got this game from the jump, but you know, the crowd is going to, is, is going to be a factor in Tennessee. While they aren't the same team they were last year, they are still plenty good enough to give us issues with the home crowd behind them. So I do think that we ultimately cover this 10 point spread, Charlie. I do want to ask you this though, Charlie. So we're coming off this, this stretch. This is I don't want to say the tail end, because Tech is a decent team, but we're getting to the end of this stretch, which was by far the most difficult stretch of our season. We've just faced two top 15 teams, two top 15 matchups at home, and here we are now traveling to Knoxville. Is there some sort of like emotional draining here where you just don't have the juice that you would normally have in a game? Are our guys just like emotionally tired at this point? I think Kirby will have him ready to go. He did say in his press conference He was pissed on Tuesday. Did you see the press Tuesday conference? Tuesday was not a good practice. That was irritable, Kirby. Yes. So, you know, I think they'll be ready to go. He tends to always have them ready. Yeah. Like we, when, we don't, when we don't play well, I don't say it's a letdown. It's just that we... We know we can I don't do know. better. There are, t- there are situations in games where we don't come out playing... On fire, like you know, when you're playing UAB or Ball State or even Vanderbilt, like those games happen. But as I said last week, when a team has our attention, we tend to show up, whether or not it's been a, a tough three or four game stretch or not. So I know we've had to get up emotionally a couple of weeks in a row, even though Florida's not great, it's still a big rivalry game. So I'm, I don't want to say I'm not concerned at all. There is some level of concern there, but typically, if you look at history, when a team has our attention, we are ready to play. Kirby has us ready. And you have to believe that Tennessee has our attention. They don't have our attention as much as they probably would if this was going to be the decisive factor in the SEC East race. But we still know this is a good football team. We know how badly they want to beat us. I think there's some respect there. So I think we'll be ready, and I think that we cover. All right. Well, you want to take a break? I would love to take a break, but what is your take? You give me a pick. Oh, I mean, I think we'll cover. Whoa, Charlie. You're usually like, I don't know. Which means that we won't. So there's that. So take that back, Charlie. Yeah. Take uh, that yeah, back. Yeah. Take we that back. We won't cover. But you're feeling pretty good about this one? Yeah. Based on what you've seen the past yeah. couple weeks? Yeah. All right. Well, break time? Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's once again remind you about our great friends at my bookie. By this point in the season, guys, you have watched a ton of college football. I know I have. I know you have. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't a college football diehard and watched all these games. So after watching all these games... Take that knowledge and put it to use. Sign up for a brand new account at mybookie.ag. There's two great promo codes. They're trying to help you guys out. You can use our exclusive code, UGA, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. But if you want to avoid the playthrough, you can also use promo code 200CASH to get a 10% cash bonus straight to your account, zero strings attached. And that's another great option, whatever works best for you. MyBookie has a ton of great 
options for you in terms of how you can bet. They have the cash out early option, which is great for people like me who enjoy a parlay or two every week. They have a ton of live betting options, which have been really helpful and beneficial for me in years past. They have prize pools, so many great things going on. So check out mybookie.ag today, guys. Get in on the action while you can and bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. All right, Tyler, as you've been saying for a couple weeks now, Missouri is a very good football team. They gave us a fight two weeks ago, delivered a beat down to Tennessee last week, jumped back into the top 10 of the college football playoff rankings, and are now hosting a struggling Florida team this week. Florida is looking more and more like the team we thought they would be every week. The Gators are coming in on a three-game losing streak after getting off to a surprising 5-2 and two start of the season and are staring down a 5-7 and seven season barring a big upset in the final two weeks of the season. So as you might expect, Mizzou is more than a touchdown favorite over the Gators. 11 points to be specific, and the point total is at 59. What time is this game? This is a 7.30 kick. Okay. It's a night kick. I think it's 7.30. I want to watch this game. I am going to take Mizzou minus 11, M-I-Z. Z-O-U? Yeah. They might not play as well. They've had... Couple like they've played really like us emotional games, right, big exactly. games. Exactly, but I think I think they can do it. They want a ten win season, Charlie. Those yes. do not come very often yes. at Missouri, so they want that. I think that they're going to get it here. I think they're going to beat Florida. I think that they're going to go on next. We can obviously beat Arkansas because who doesn't beat Arkansas these days, right? I didn't have this one on my card initially, Charlie, but you're kind of you're kind of talking me into the spread here. You know what? I'm not going to pick a side here. I think Florida is actually kind of okay. The Florida is better than I thought that they were going to be. They're still not good. I still think they're going to finish under 500. I think they're going to finish five and seven, barring an upset here against Missouri or Florida State, as you said, Charlie. Which I think they they could beat Florida State at home. I think that's certainly possible. And as we did also say, Missouri is coming off a couple tough games of their own here, so maybe there's an emotional let, let down here against Florida, a Florida team that's not very good. So. I'm going to stay away from the side. If I had to pick a side, if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to go Missouri. I am going to have a play on this one, though. Give me the Florida-Missouri under 59.5. Florida is a team that still needs to run the football to be successful on offense. Graham Mertz has been better than I thought that he would be. He's actually been a pretty competent quarterback for me. He's been good. He's been solid for them. And they're starting to get more playmakers involved. Eugene Wilson, the true freshman, is going to be a really good player for them for a couple of years. But they still need to run the football. And we saw up close and personal here a couple of weeks ago in Athens that Missouri is a really tough team to run the football against. They held Tennessee to 83 yards rushing last week, the only team all year to hold Tennessee under 100 yards. I think that Missouri will be able to do much the same against a Florida offensive line that's not as good as our offensive line is not as good as Tennessee's offensive line. They have two good backs, but their offensive line is not really quite there. So I expect them to hold the Florida offensive line in check, the, the Florida run game in check. And if they do that, as good as Graham Mertz has been at times for Florida, I still don't, don't think they have the personnel. I don't think he's that guy. Just put the team on his back and go out there and win a game without the run game. So I don't think Florida's going to score a ton. Missouri is always a threat to put a lot of points on the board, but their offense you know, prior to last week hasn't been the same offense that we saw the first half of the season. There's about a three or four week stretch in the middle of the season where they were just crushing people, putting points up all over the place, 500 plus yards game after game. But then they kind of hit a little bit of lull starting with the Kentucky game. Obviously, we held them to about 360 yards of total offense. So they're good on offense. They are. And Luther Burden is a dynamic player. We know Cody Schrader. I mean, that guy 
is an unbelievable running back. He's just a great fit for that system. But I do think Florida's going to come out playing hard on defense. I still think they want a shot at a bowl game. And they think they're clearly going to think this is their better chance than maybe beating Florida State, who's top four team in the country right now. So I I expect a good effort from the Florida defense. And that's why I think the point total is going to go under 59.5 in this game. Well, after surviving a scare against Virginia last Thursday, Louisville finds itself inside the top 10 of the most recent college football playoff rankings, and a win against Miami will clinch their spot in the ACC title game against Florida State in Charlotte. Miami put up a fight in Tallahassee last week, but fell a touchdown short. You had this as your upset special, right? Yeah, I did. And, I mean, they were never going to win the game, but they at least made it respectable. Yeah, this could be a tricky spot for the Cardinals because despite their inconsistencies, Miami is a talented football team. They just happen to be a talented football team with quarterback issues. And the line reflects just how tricky this game could get for Louisville with the Cardinals currently only a one-point road favorite with a point total of 46. Are you? Do you have a play on this game? I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it because I just I don't know when, when and when not to trust Miami. You know what I mean? I trusted them last week. And they delivered, I mean, I had them on the card to cover the 14, which they did. They didn't get the upset, which I knew was going to be a long shot. But Miami is a talented football team. They're more talented up and down the roster than Louisville is. But Louisville is just a better team. Does that make sense? Like, not talent-wise, but just in terms of how they operate, they play better football than Miami. More consistent. More consistently, yes. Now, it's on the road. But, but it's at 12 o'clock in Miami. That's not an advantage. There might be seven people there, Charlie. Exactly. It's and more I, of an advantage for Louisville, to be quite honest. I think half the players' parents aren't going to bother to get up out of bed to come to this game. They're yeah. going to be chilling in the hotel pool. That's what well, they're going to be sad. doing. Well, I mean, that's what. who cares? Like they, The parents don't even care. Nobody cares, all right? Like right. You're right. It's, it's never a home field advantage unless it's like Florida State in town. And then it's all, even then, it's like a, a half home field advantage. So this has nothing to do with it being played in Miami. It's more that it's not played in Louisville. Does that make sense? Yeah. That at least Louisville doesn't have the home field edge here. I don't have a play on it, but I I think Miami can win the football game. I mean, Louisville is a good team. I've watched them play quite a bit this year. They play a lot on Friday nights. They come home from dinner on Friday night, sit down and watch some Louisville football. And they're a good football team, but they're not dynamic. Jamari Thrash, a transfer from Georgia State, is a good receiver. They run the ball well, but really what's been the driving force behind this Louisville team is their defense. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country, which is not what you would think when you bring in Jeff Brom, who's an offensive guy, to lead your program and take over and turn things around. But they're really defensive-driven. But, you know, Miami is also really good defensively. But as you said, Charlie, the issue for Miami is quarterback. They benched Tyler Van Dyke. He dealt with some injuries all year, but the dude has been terrible lately. He's been he was good early in the year, threw for like 375 against Texas AM, five touchdowns, no picks in that game. And when he came back from his injuries, he's just been dreadful. He's thrown, let's see, his last three games, he's thrown six interceptions and no touchdowns. They benched him. He did not start the game against Florida State. A freshman who started one game earlier in the year because Van Dyke was hurt, he played, and guys, that guy is terrible. He played in that game a couple couple weeks prior to this and was just, I forget which game it was. Maybe it was Virginia. He was downright terrible in that game, guys. So, so bad. But he, as bad as he has been, they started him over Van Dyke. And then he gets hurt. He gets knocked out. Van Dyke comes back in in the final drive, goes two for seven, 29 yards. And what does he do? Oh, yeah, he throws another interception. I don't know what's wrong with Tyler Van Dyke. The guy's talented, but like, man, it's like a head case kind of situation. So there are just too many unknowns, too many variables that I'm just not confident in right now. I'm trying to put a a play on my card. But if I had to lean, you know, which I give some leans here, my lean would be Miami at home to upset Louisville. 
and that would give North Carolina a shot, a window, maybe, possibly, to sneak in the back door of the ACC title game. All right, well, while Louisville is in the driver's seat to face Florida State in the ACC championship game, if the Cardinals slip up against Miami, North Carolina is still alive and could find a way to slip in. But the Tar Heels have to win out, and with a trip to Clemson this week, that could be difficult because despite their issues this season, the Tigers are still 45-2 and in their last 47 home games. And accordingly— North Carolina ain't winning that game. Yeah. Uh, there's not. Clemson is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite with a point total of 59. This is another one I'm not touching. Well, you might not want to touch it, Charlie, but I am going to put a play on this. I'm not taking this side. I do think Clemson's going to win the game. Six-and-a-half, I don't know. Clemson struggles to score. The thing with North Carolina, guys, Drake May, as talented as he is, he's very dumb sometimes. He does really dumb things. He throws the ball into, like, quadruple coverage far more often than you should. Oh, by the way, you should never throw the ball in quadruple coverage. So doing even one time is bad. And this guy does that way too often. Even his decisions on when and when not to pull the ball in zone reads are really questionable sometimes. I'm not saying he's a dumb guy. I mean, he goes to North Carolina. I'm sure he's a very intelligent young man, but he's a dumb quarterback sometimes. So I don't trust him in a game like this, in a setting like this, in a place that Clemson just doesn't lose. Like you said, Charlie, what, 45-2 and two is what you said? That's crazy. They don't lose. They're in that stadium, especially not the teams like North Carolina who are as inconsistent as they are and as bad as they are on defense. People thought North Carolina's defense was turned around earlier in the year. And what did I tell you on this show? No, they're frauds. It's a fraudulent defense. They haven't played anybody. Now they actually play teams and they can't stop anybody. Guys, Duke had a true freshman backup quarterback play against North Carolina last week. And I watched that guy play the week before on Thursday night. That guy could not complete the forward pass in his first start against Virginia. A week later against North Carolina, he's freaking Patrick Mahomes out there. This North Carolina defense is not good. They're garbage. And as bad as Clemson's offense has been at home, they can they can put up some points on this North Carolina defense. I think North Carolina's going to struggle to move the ball and score consistently against this Clemson defense. So I think Clemson's going to win. I just, I don't know about the spread. But Charlie, I do, however, go back to that point total. What's the point total? 59? 59. Give me the under 59 in this game. In fact, that's a late ad. I don't have that on my card that I brought in here, but let's add that late ad here under 59. Now that I think about it, I just don't think North Carolina's going to score a lot of points against this Clemson defense. And we know Clemson, like as bad as UNC's defense is, Clemson just struggles to score anyway. So yeah, give me the under 59. All right, that's it for the featured slate this week. It's not a vintage slate of games, uh, kind of a calm right before rivalry week. So we're going to go ahead and move into open season. But first... I guess we get our final break, Charlie. Yes. So who are we promoting today, Charlie? Obviously, Alumni Hall. Always Alumni Hall. And Black Friday is only a week away. Is that right? Yes. Is this, it's a, yeah, oh my God. It's like, yeah, a week and change away. Yes. That's crazy, Charlie. I hate the college football season flies by like this. It drives me insane. We wait for it all year and poof, it's here and it's gone. But anyway, Alumni Hall, as Charlie said, Black Friday, just around the corner. We are in the holiday season, which means you need to go get the best gifts you can possibly find for all the Georgia fans in your life. And I know you got them. If you listen to this podcast, you're a diehard, which means you got diehard Georgia fans in your circle. If you're like me, you're not friends with anyone who's not a Georgia fan. So do them a solid. Do yourself a solid. Make it easy on yourself. Go to Alumni Hall. You can stop by in-store inside the Edgebridge Shopping Center or online at alumnihall.com. Guys, they're going to have a ton of promotional deals for you throughout the next month or so, especially Black Friday. So sign up for an account with them if you haven't already. You can do that online. It's easy. You just put your email in there. They'll probably give you a discount just for doing that. But you'll get 
emails with all their flash sales that they're gonna have over the next month. And trust me, again, they're gonna have some guys, I always tweet that stuff out there, but you wanna make sure you get that directly to your account as well so you can get on that as quickly as you possibly can. Because I got a ton of great gear, guys, but it goes fast when it gets on the shelves. So again, check them out in-store inside the Edgeburg Shopping Center or online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldog shop. All right, so open season it is. Let's go in time order this week. Is that how you're going to approach this? Sure. Let's give it a shot. All right. Uh, let's open it up with Michigan, number two ranked team in the college football playoff so far. They are favored by 19 at Maryland this weekend. Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines. He won't be next week either. Do you think that even matters? Well, I just saw, so the whole scandal. I just was reading an article. It wasn't. Wait, there's a scandal? There's a whole scandal? Oh my gosh, stop. I was reading a headline and it said that Connor Stallions didn't even file um, expense reports. So who's paying him under the table? Jesus Christ. Because somebody is. The money's coming from somewhere because he can't afford to pay for tickets and stuff like that. So. No, I forget what salary was, but it was not much when it was revealed. More to come on that. But anyway. I mean, it's Maryland. I think Michigan can easily cover the 19. I what does Jim Harbaugh that. matter? He doesn't call plays. Yeah. So, he's there for during yeah, the week. That's CEO. what matters. He's there during the week. He's the face of the program. That's it. So, yeah. Did you see their offensive coordinator who was their interim head coach? Did you see him after the game last week? Yes. Bawling his eyes out, yeah. dropping F-bombs on TV. Like, I get it. You're emotional after a win like that. But also, calm down. Calm down, bro. It's okay. You're good. I, this is another one, Charlie. You talked me into it. I did not initially have this one on my card, but I like it. Michigan minus 19. Yes, guys, Maryland's not a good football team. Michigan is a very good football team. I think Michigan's going to go into Maryland, and they are going to win convincingly like they do. This is what they do to teams like that. They just beat the life out of teams like Maryland. It's what they do. So, yeah, give me Michigan minus 19. That's a great one, Charlie. I actually don't know why I skipped that one in the first place. All right, before we continue, how many plays do you have this week? I have a total of eight, so I'm down to six now. Okay, you're down to six, so let me take some of these out. All right, I already did the Florida one, right? So I've got ten left. Okay, so you want to go ahead and take a couple? Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you a couple here. All right, let's go. See, we've done this by, you always did this by conference, so I, I've tried to accommodate you, Charlie, and I have them all in here by conference. I traditionally do it based on the time the games play because that's how it's listed on my bookie. So now we're all out of sorts. Okay, so just stay with the Big Ten then. Do you have any other Big Ten plays? Well, I I do, but that's at the bottom of my list. Fine, we'll go Big Ten. All right, give me Rutgers plus 21 against Penn State. Guys, if you watch the Michigan game, you saw the Penn State offense. They're terrible. They cannot move the ball. And I know Michigan's defense is really good. I understand that. I know Ohio State's defense is really good. I understand that. But also, Penn State's offense is just not very good. Drew Aller is not there yet. Maybe he'll get there eventually. He's not there yet. They have these two great running backs. They still just don't run the ball very well. They don't really have any like real, legit playmakers out wide. Rutgers, on the other hand, they can't score either. But they have a top, top 15 defense nationally. So if you're giving me 21 points here, I think Rutgers can keep it within that range. I think their defense is, is good enough. So give me Rutgers plus 21 against Penn State. And I'm going to go to the Northwestern Wildcats here, Charlie. Northwestern's playing Purdue. Purdue is terrible. I was going to put a pick, a play on this game. Well, do it. I might now. Do it. I was it. thinking I was crazy. You go ahead. All right. I'm taking the team total here. Give me Northwestern over 21. Northwestern has been getting better offensively. Guys, they've put themselves in position to make a bowl game this year. After all the offseason scandal, after all that, the Pat Fitzgerald stuff, they are 5-5 five and five right now. 
They need to win this game. They have this game or Illinois. If they win one of those games, they're going bowling this year. It looks like they're going to hire the interim. They're going to promote him as their full-time guy. And they almost beat Illinois or almost be Iowa. It was a barn burner of a game, a 7-7 for most of the game. Or it was actually 0-0 for most of the game. Then it was 7-7. It was the game they played at Wrigley Field. And then Iowa drives on the field, kicks the last second field goal to win the game 10-7. That's the outlier. Recently, the Northwestern offense has actually been scoring some points. And they've been doing it with a backup quarterback. Their starter open the season, Ben Bryant, who was a starter for Cincinnati last year, he's back now. And I believe with Ben Bryant back, they have they actually have some decent running backs. They have a guy, a receiver, that I think is a pretty solid guy. I think the Wildcats go over 21 in this game against Purdue, team total. Purdue is the worst scoring defense, defense in, the, in the Big Ten. They're the second worst total defense in the Big Ten. This is a game with Ben Bryant back at quarterback that Northwestern can go over 21 points. So give me those Wildcats over 21 team total. All right. I was going to put a play on it, but I have thought about it a little bit and I decided maybe I'll stay away from that today usually I'll be real with you Charlie usually when I throw these late ads on they don't always work out for me because it's spur of the moment you don't really think it through so that's probably smart that's discipline Charlie discipline Charlie here today all right what you got well I've given you two give me some okay um let's go to Mississippi State who also just fired their coach is favored by 14 um they are playing Southern Miss not a great team. No, in-state rivalry, though. Yeah, but I think they can at least, you know, yeah, get they, a only they should. Win. Southern Miss is not a good G5 team yeah. this year. But, I mean, Mississippi State's not great, but I think. No, they're not. Yeah, but I think that the players will rally around each other. If Will the- Rogers plays, for sure. I just don't know if he's going to play or not. Yeah. He's been out for a couple weeks. If he plays, I like it. It's okay. I want Mississippi State to do well in honor of Mike Why? Leach. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. R.I.P. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. I miss you, Mike. Great Man, guy. that sucks. Wow, way to bring a, it down, Charlie. It was almost a year ago. Oh, God, don't say yeah. that. That's just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. All right, well, you know what? In honor of, of Mike Leach, let's go. In honor of the Pirate. All right, I do not have a play on that one, Charlie. I am going to go. I got one more play in the SEC. Now that you win SEC on me, let's see. Where do I got? Okay, yeah. Oh, I love this one, Charlie. New Mexico State plus 24 and a half at Auburn. I know Auburn's playing better football. I know that you don't care about New Mexico State. I, I get it. I, I don't blame you whatsoever. But guys, Jerry Kill used to be the coach at Minnesota. He's at New Mexico State now, and that used to be one of the worst programs in all of FBS football. He has turned that program around. They were a bowl team a year ago. They are 8-3 and three right now. They have this quarterback. His name is Diego Pavia. And he's just fun to watch, man. He's a, a thick dude, but he's a good athlete, good runner. He can throw the ball well enough. It is a good New Mexico State team. It's a Conference USA team. I know they don't play anybody. I get that. But Auburn's also not great either. They're playing better. They still do not throw the ball well. They still do not have weapons out wide. They run the ball pretty well. New Mexico State's a pretty good rush defense. So I think this is a game right ahead of the Iron Bowl where Auburn might get caught sleeping. I don't expect New Mexico State to win the game or even threaten to win the game. But Auburn's not an overwhelming team. We know this. They're playing better, but they're not, they're not overwhelming. This could be a sleepwalk spot for them. Mexico State's going to come in there with intention to win this game, and they are good, guys. This is a good team. It's not a team that's just coming to get a paycheck. They're getting the paycheck, but this is also a good football team, 8-3. and three. So I like New Mexico State plus 24.5 on the road in Jordan-Hare. All right, so you know how I organize mine in chronological order, and you organize them this week by. Yes, I was trying to accommodate you because that's how yeah. you do it. So and I, I need, get scolded. I no, 
I we were both trying. I to was be trying. Kind. I was trying to do the start of the podcast a favor. And I was trying to do you a favor. So wow. okay. I need to go Great back to the Big here. Ten for a second. Let's go back to the Big Ten. It's fine. Uh, Wisconsin is hosting Nebraska this weekend. I just felt like I had to put a play on this game because it's just like two traditional football teams. Yeah, two great and fan I just bases. I felt like I had to. Uh, I'm going to take the Badgers. Badgers. Minus, minus four and a half. I would love yeah. to go to Madison. Actually, I got it at minus four. You got it at minus, minus four? Minus four. Well, then can I take it at minus four? Take it at four? minus four. Okay. I don't well, know when you were looking at those lines. Four. I saw minus four. All right. So we're going with minus four. But yeah, go Badgers. Yes. Okay, Charlie. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned them because when I was going through my Big Ten list there, I... Left this one off inexplicably. Yeah, give me Wisconsin minus four. Now, they got quarterback issues. Is Tanner Mordecai going to be back? He's been out for a couple of weeks. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't. But honestly, I don't know if it matters. Nebraska just is not very good. They, Hey, they're right there on the edge of bowl eligibility. Honestly, both these teams are five and five. They're still both fighting for bowl eligibility. Nebraska, however, on the road here in this game, not a, not great for them. They're better at home, obviously, like most teams are. They can't throw the ball to save their lives. They're good on defense. Offensively, they're just very challenged. Wisconsin's banged up right now. Again, quarterback situation's been banged up. Braylon Allen, their starting running back, really good running back, one of the better running backs in the Big Ten. He's been banged up. They might get both guys back this week, maybe not. But even if they don't, I think Wisconsin's got enough firepower at home to be able to cover the four against Nebraska and get to bowl eligibility in Luke Fickle's first year. So I'm with you, Charlie. Give me those Badgers. All right. Uh, I have four left. What you got? All right. You want me to go? Sure. All right. Let's go. Let me get rid of Wisconsin-Nebraska. I'm going to go I'm going to go to the Pac-12, Charlie. This is one I thought long and hard about this one and I still don't know exactly how I feel about it. I'm still rather tentative on it, but I'm going to play it. I'm going to go with them. Put it on the card. Give me Oregon State minus two and a half at home against Washington. This is the other big game of the weekend outside of our game in Knoxville. Oregon State, give me those beeves. Beeves minus two and a half over the Huskies. I know, guys, Washington is undefeated. I know they are the favorite right now to win the Pac-12. I know that they are on the fringe of being in the college football playoff top four. Did you forget you have a play on them getting into the playoff? I did not, Charlie. I am well aware. That's one of the reasons I was tormented about this pick. Is I, I'm very tormented about Washington right now, I'm Charlie. Because I have like big money. I could win big money. I didn't put down much, but I got good odds on them to win the the Pac-10 or Pac-12. Yeah, RIP Pac-10 and RIP Pac-12. And then also to make the college football playoff. But here's the thing, Charlie. I am preparing myself for the possibility that we don't win the SEC championship game, that we lose to Alabama, and we are 12 and one. And I want us. I'm already thinking about how do we find a way in, in that situation, that oh, scenario. So you're doing. You're like at the whiteboard, and you're. Yeah. So I'm like, off, well, like right now, like we have okay. to have teams lose. Like we need a. We it, need. A, we it. need a Pac-12 champion that that is not undefeated. And so if it, I hope. That, here's what I really hope happens in the Pac-12. I hope that Oregon State beats Oregon. I hope that Oregon State beats Washington, and then Oregon State goes to the Pac-12 championship game because they would in that scenario, and they beat Washington again. You have a two loss. Pac-12 champion. That's ideal. Not going to happen. Highly unlikely, but that's ideal. So I'm already thinking about these things. So yes, Charlie, I'm tormented. Obviously, I don't care about the money. Screw the money. Whatever. I want what's best for the dogs. So if that means Washington needs to lose, Washington needs to lose. Fine. Whatever. Lose. But I know that Oregon State is not as highly ranked as Washington, although they are still pretty highly ranked in the in the CFP rankings. But let me give you guys some numbers here. Washington, I know people have a certain perception of them. Early in the season, they were just killing teams. But now they've gotten into the meat of their Pac-12 schedule. That is not happening. I know they have that big win 
over Oregon. Now, that's honestly a game they shouldn't have won. Oregon absolutely should have won that game. Oregon gave that game to Washington. But in Pac-12 play, guys, this is crazy. In Pac-12 play, Washington is only outgaining their opponents 3,195 yards to 3,118 yards. We're talking about an 80-yard difference here. They're outgaining their Pac-12 opponents by roughly 80 yards this season. Oregon State, on the other hand, is outgaining Pac-12 opponents 3,135 yards to 2,551. They're outgaining Pac-12 opponents by roughly 600 yards. Washington has gotten by on the skin of their teeth multiple times in the past month, month and a half, including that win over Oregon. They've won the games. Give them credit for that. But they have been skating by. They have been living on borrowed time. And I think time is up this weekend in Corvallis. That's a tricky, tough place to play. It's going to be a weird environment, probably dark, dreary, because it's Corvallis, Oregon. And it's going to be cold. That's not a huge stadium. They've renovated it recently. It's a loud stadium. It's a good crowd. They're going to go freaking crazy. I think the Beavers are going to be able to run the football well enough against Washington. Oregon State plays good defense. Michael Penningster, as good as he is, he's a really inefficient passer. He is really good throwing the deep ball and hit a ton of explosive plays. But go look at his efficiency numbers, guys. He's usually in the high 50, low 60% completion percentage. Now, a lot of that's because he's throwing the ball down the field. But he's not particularly efficient. And he will put the ball in harm's way. I think Oregon State wins this game. So give me Oregon State. Give me the Beavs. Minus two and a half. And that throws a wrinkle potentially in the Pac-12 title race. All right. I also need to go back to SEC for just a second. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Kentucky is playing at South Carolina. Now, it's a basically a pick em. Was like one and a half? Kentucky one and a half? Kentucky's favored by one and a half. Okay, I know it's at night and it's South Carolina, but they're horrible. If this game was at noon, I'd be all over Kentucky. Uh, but I just don't even think the fans will show up. Here's the thing. Yeah, usually at this time of the year, if South Carolina's like out of it and they're like four and six right now, the fans just don't care. They just stop. It's not right. the same environment. It'll be like half full, usually. Right. But it's a night game, so maybe more people... I don't know. I don't know. I just like Kentucky, and I hate South Carolina. Well, I need Kentucky to win this game. I, I'm not picking a side on this one, Charlie, because I have a win total on them to go over six and a half. They are at six wins right now. I need a win in one of these last two games, and this is the one I really need. So, go Cats. C-A-T-S. Cats, Cats, Cats. cats Let's cats, go. Cats. Let's go. All right. I, I like that pick, Charlie. I'm going to stay away from it because I already have enough stakes on that game. All right. Um, I'm going to go ACC here. I'm going to give you a couple ACC picks, Charlie, if that's okay with you. Give me Virginia. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. Virginia plus three and a half at home against Duke. This is totally a vibes play. Virginia is still not a great team. They still will have two, three wins on the year. They were for a while, they're the only winless team in FBS, but they kind of turn things around. They are playing better football. They're not winning a ton of games still, but they are competent, man. They are actually playing good football and they're threatening teams, which is something they did not really do a year ago. They weren't doing early in the year. They, they're figuring things out. They're actually pretty good on on offense. Malik Washington is the best receiver you've never heard of. He's leading the ACC in receiving. Guy's awesome. They have this freshman quarterback, Anthony Calandria, who killed them in a couple of games. He's actually been pretty good all year, but in the fourth quarter of a couple of games early in the year, he threw a bunch of interceptions and cost them the games. But he's a talented kid. He's got a lot of moxie. I like him a lot. Um, their starting quarterback to open the season is out again. Tony Musk is out, so Calandria is back in. He's a talented kid. Duke is struggling right now, guys. They're struggling 
without Riley Leonard. He was their entire offense. They run the ball fairly well, but Virginia's been okay against the run lately. Duke plays good defense, so I think it's probably gonna be a low-scoring game, but it's a vibes play. Virginia is feeling better. Duke is on this losing streak. They haven't been winning football games. They had a really tough loss, a, a double overtime loss to North Carolina last week in a rivalry game, so a very big letdown factor here for, for Duke. Virginia at home. By the way, Virginia already upset North Carolina. They almost upset Louisville last week, which was a fun game to watch. So give me the Cavs. Give me the Cavaliers. Give me the Hoos. Plus three and a half. Total vibes play there. I'm going to stay in the state of Virginia. I'm going to go Virginia Tech, who was terrible last year and terrible at the beginning of this year. But like Virginia, they made a change at quarterback to Kyron Drones, and they're figuring things out. They're a different team now. They're at home, always tough at home. So give me the Hokies, minus three against NC State. Virginia Tech has won three of their last four. They're at home. They scored at least 30 points in all three of those wins in that stretch. NC State, on the other hand, still cannot score. Brent Armstrong, God bless his soul, just cannot complete passes right now. They can't run the ball. They can't really do anything offensively. They're still really good on defense. I just think Virginia Tech has more firepower. They're at home. So give me the Hokies minus three. Then I'm going to go to the flats, Charlie. Ugh. I've bet on Tech way too many times this year. Oh, just disgusting. It disgusts me. But hey, profit, baby. Money's money. Tech minus six and a half at home against Syracuse. Syracuse ended a, a slide last week, but they can't throw the ball. All the receivers are dead. They all died. And they're just running the ball. It's almost like triple option now. They had a tight end who they're snapping the ball to in like the Wildcat formation. And he's just running over people. That's what they are reduced to right now. Now that's fine. They, they, they did that one week and it worked well for them. They got the win last week. But I don't think it's going to happen again. Tech's not good on defense. Now they've seen what Syracuse is trying to do offensively. Tech is actually, if they don't turn the ball over, Tech's a, they're good on offense. They don't turn the ball over. They're actually a decent team. They don't turn the ball over. It's all about does Tech kill themselves or not? And I'm going to bet on Tech not killing itself. So give me Tech. Give me the Jackets. Oh, I hate this. Give me the Jackets minus six and a half. I'm just trying to give winners, Charlie. I hate it. I'm just trying to give winners. All right. Well, I need to go back out to the Pac-12. We're all over the place today, folks. Sorry about that. It's your fault. We were both. No, nope, my to fault. Be, Start the pockets. We my were, fault. Always my fault. We were both trying to be accommodating. We, we were trying kind, to be good, good okay? people. We we're trying to be good people. I was trying, but to we show failed. We failed miserably. That I'm thankful for you and the listeners. And I still screwed it up. Well, the only people that lose here are the listeners, Charlie, because I got to hear us going back and forth. All right. Well, it's we're okay. still going to give them some We tips. tried. We tried. All right. So traveling out to USC and UCLA, I mean, USC is not as good as we thought. They have no defense. They're favored by six and a half, but I'm still going to take them as they host UCLA on Saturday. Yeah. UCLA is like on their third quarterback. Do you see the news about Chip Kelly? Yes. Looks like they're probably going to fire him. Yes. If, if the news, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. Like, just rip the Band-Aid off, but I guess they're not going to. I like that, Charlie. I, I'm i going to save USC maybe for a little parlay action. Just a little spoiler alert. All right, I have one more Pac-12. Sorry, my brain stopped working there for a second. Pac-12, that is what one it's called. One more Pac-12 play. Uh, Oregon, minus 23.5 at Arizona State. Dan Lanning's trying mm-hmm. to make a statement. Yeah. Dan Lanning says he's staying in Oregon. I think he is. I think he is, because who would want to go to Texas? I mean, or Mississippi State. Those are the only places open for sure right now. Never, never take a coach at their word, but I feel like Dan, like maybe it's because he was here, you kind of trust. And the way he said how adamant he was, he's right. Everything he said makes sense. Like, there's a lot of resources there. Yes. Now, I would say, like, the trips to the East Coast and the Big Ten, that's going to kind of suck, but that's what, five, six times a year? They were, but weren't they asking him about the Texas job? Texas A&M job. Right. That doesn't mean he wouldn't go somewhere else. 
And I, I like. I don't Lanning. think he is. I think he's an honest guy. I don't think he's gonna leave. But I'm just saying. I think you can build you something there. You always want your resume to look good, so they're gonna go in there and they're gonna blow Arizona State out of the water. Fair enough. Um, I could see that happening, Char. They're they are 24 points better than Arizona State. Arizona State's been sneaky better lately, though. They've been putting up fights. They beat UCLA some way somehow last week, which is pretty much what got Chip Kelly apparently fired. And this might be like this week before rivalry. What you call it early in the show, Charlie? The the calm before the rivalry week storm. Yes. It's it's a weird it's a weird week because there are these huge games just ahead of you next week. These huge emotional games, and you're playing some of these lesser teams. It's like, are you going to show up? If Oregon shows up, they cover. I just I'm going to stay away from it because I just have a little bit of uncertainty there. But I I, I don't hate that one. All right, I'm going to go. I got two in the Big Twelve. You mean go with those real quick? I'm done until we go to parlay, so go for it. No, I see one more on your little sticky oh, yeah. note. Group of five, sorry. You want to you want to go on that one? No, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna go uh, Oklahoma State. God, good dear lord, forty-five to three last week. Now, let's remember what was going on with Oklahoma State prior to that game, though. All right, yes, they just got absolutely murdered by UCF last week. Was hurricane conditions though? Okay, it is what it is. But Oklahoma State was coming in hot, as hot as anyone in the country. In fact, they're still very much alive for the Big 12 title game. They seem to win. They seem to win out. And this is a big game for them. I know it's not a, a great team. Houston, Oklahoma State's going to be fired up, especially after the way they lost that game. They're way better than how they played against UCF. They just kind of ran into a buzzsaw, just one of those random Saturdays. Weird, terrible. I know they look bad, but that's not the team they've been the past month and a half. They've been really, really good, in fact, to the point where they got themselves back and Big 12 title contention. And Houston just so happens to be, in my opinion, and statistically, the worst team in the Big 12. I know it's at Houston. I just don't think that matters. Dana Holgerson very well might get himself fired at the end of this season. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Coaches have gotten fired for less, and now they're in a, in a big league conference. So I think Oklahoma State gets back on track. They're keeping their focus on the Big 12 title hopes. they got to win this game to do it, and I don't think they're going to allow themselves to slip up against Houston. So they're going to win the game, definitely, and I think they cover the seven. I think they get back on track this week. So give me the Pokes minus seven on the road. And let's talk about the team that did the beating of Oklahoma State last week, the Central Florida Golden Knights, Charlie. They have been one of the, like, weirdest good but not good teams all year long now part of the issue was John Rice plumbing their starting quarterback was banged up for about half the season he's been back for a couple of weeks and they are playing better football they are on the road at Texas Tech always on the road tough right but UCF is just a better football team they have way more ways to score Plumlee is back yes they beat the just bejesus out of Oklahoma State 45 to 3 last week the issue with Central Florida is they kill themselves sometimes. Horrible, horrible turnovers, just dumb things. But when UCF does not kill themselves, they are a very good football team. They run the ball really well. They have two really good receivers. Javon Baker used to be at Alabama, was a big-time recruit back in the day. He's at UCF now. That dude is legit. That's an NFL player. Rufus Harvey at running back, awesome. John Rice Plumley, dual threat guy. They are dynamic on offense. Texas Tech still got a backup quarterback. They got lucky to beat Kansas last week. Kansas's backup quarterback got knocked out. They were a freshman third-string quarterback, and Texas Tech still only won that game 16-13. So give me Central Florida plus three. I'm getting points. Give me the Golden Knights plus three. I don't care that's on the road. They're just a better team. So yeah, give me Central Florida plus three at Texas Tech. All right, ready for parlays? Didn't you have one more? Oh, gosh, sorry. What are you doing? Are you playing Oregon Trail again? No, I am okay, not. Okay, better not be. I am not. I just... 
Yeah. The start of the podcast would not do that. Not two weeks in a row. I usually don't make plays on the group of five teams, but I did last week and I am this week. I am going to take James Madison again. They won me some money last week, so I am taking James Madison minus nine uh, hosting Appalachian State. Appalachian or Appalachian? What do you say? Appalachian. Appalachian State is what I say. I think you say that if you live in the Appalachian Mountains, if you live there. Appalachian. Appalachian. I'm so confused right now. App State. Appy State. Both are acceptable. Okay. All right. The people from Boone, North Carolina. Yeah. Appy State's not what they were uh, or what they have been recently. And James Madison is is a G5 buzzsaw right now. So I like that one, Charlie. I like that one. A buzzsaw? A G5 buzzsaw. Boneheads. Buzzsaws. Are you... Are, did you age by 20 years this week? Well, I did just have my 24th birthday a couple weeks ago, Charlie. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm an old man. 24 plus a couple, who give or take a few, who knows? Who knows? It's somewhere. I think I've lost count at this point, but we'll go with 24. All right, is that it for our cards? I believe so. All right, parlays? Yes. All right, what do you got? I have UAB over Temple, Wazoo over Colorado, Ugh. Tulane over Florida Atlantic and Mississippi State. You don't have to have Wazoo on the card if you're going, uh. No, no, Colorado. Oh, I thought you were like, oh, I don't want to pick one. Okay. No, I don't like Colorado. And Mississippi State over um, Southern Miss. So four leg parlay, excuse me, for plus 199. Okay. I like it, Charlie. I like it. All right. My parlay, I got a four legger as well. I got USC. I'm not taking the side there because I don't trust their defense, but with. UCLA about to fire Chip Kelly. Their offensively challenged. I think USC is just going to outscore them. So give me the Trojans to win. Give me Oklahoma State to win against Houston on the road. Give me Missouri to beat Florida. And give me Western Kentucky. Got their little G5 in there. Give me Western Kentucky plus 183 all on the money line. We're going to win that one again, guys. We're going to go out with a with a bang here at the end of the, at the, end of the season on these uh, parlays. All right, now into upset specials. I'm going to take Illinois over Iowa. I know that this is like... What are you thinking? But Illinois has a new quarterback, John Paddock, mm-hmm. playing. Yep, yep. They, transferred from Ball State. He was a starter for Ball State last year. Transferred been, in and didn't win the job. They've been playing a little bit better. Do you for 500 last week? Yeah, so, yeah, we're going go fighting. Illinois. Iowa can't score. Great defense, they can't score. All right, I like – Charlie, I also have a win total bet on Illinois, so it would be just wonderful for me if they won that game. I like it. I love it. I'm not going to go with it, but I love it. All right, so I have been very aggressive on my upset specials, which is – Really why my upset special record is is not great. Now, the ones we've hit, they were big. They were big. But I'm going to try to be a little more conservative this week and give you guys some winners with my upset specials. I'm going to go to the Big 12. Give me Cincinnati over West Virginia. Cincinnati's record is terrible. They've won one game in the Big 12. But they've been competitive. They actually have a plus yardage margin. In fact, it's like plus 800. They're actually like sneaky decent, but just can't win games. They blow games. They're one of the better running teams in the Big 12. West Virginia kind of struggles at times to stop the run. I know it's 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 a tough matchup. West Virginia, can they can run the football themselves, but give me Cincinnati. I think this is a game that West Virginia might overlook. Give me Cincinnati plus 200, and I'm going to go back to Virginia. Guys, I'm telling you, Virginia's playing good football right now. They're right there. They're on the cusp of actually doing something. So give me Virginia over Duke. I'm telling you, I love the vibes play here. This time of year, vibes matter. They do. So give me Virginia over Duke. That's plus 155 on that upset special. All right, that's it for me. All right, let's go through them. Do you have it pulled up on your computer? I got it. All right. I have Mizzou minus 11 over Florida, Michigan minus 19 at Maryland, Mississippi State minus 14 at playing against Southern Miss, excuse me, Wisconsin minus 4 
against Nebraska. Kentucky, minus one and a half at South Carolina. USC, minus six and a half versus UCLA. Oregon, minus 23 and a half at Arizona State. And James Madison, minus nine at, or excuse me, versus Matt hosting Appalachian State. Are you okay, Charlie? I am. Are you Sorry. on drugs right now? It's late. Drugs are bad. Don't do them. It's been. It's, it's time for a break. Uh, we're it's getting that there, Charlie. Time of year. Yeah, yeah, we are getting there. We're getting All there. Right. I need Thanksgiving. Four leg parlay: UAB, Wazoo, Tulane, and Mississippi State for plus one ninety nine. All money line and upset special is Illinois over Iowa. All right, good picks, good picks, Charlie. I like my picks as well. Give me Missouri, Florida under. 59 and a half. Give me Clemson, North Carolina, under 59. Give me Michigan, minus 19 at Maryland. It's a late add. Rutgers, plus 21 versus Penn State. Like that Rutgers defense. Penn State can't score right now. Northwestern, over 21 team total against Purdue. Ben Bryant, back at quarterback, like the way Northwestern's playing. They're playing with some confidence. New Mexico State, plus 24 and a half on the Plains against Auburn. Give me Wisconsin, minus four against Nebraska at home. They need that win to get to bowl eligibility. This one, I'm a little tentative on, but we're going with it. Oregon State minus two and a half against Washington. I think Washington's been living on borrowed time. Like I said earlier, I think time is up for the Huskies. Go Beavs in that one. Give me UVA plus three and a half against Duke. Give me Virginia Tech minus three at home against NC State. A little Virginia action for you guys this week. Give me Georgia Tech. Yeah, let's do it. Georgia Tech minus six and a half. Trying to give you winners against Syracuse. Give me OK State minus seven at Houston. Getting back on track. Give me Central Florida. Sneaky good football team. Plus three on the road at Texas Tech. Parlay. All the money line here to win. USC, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Western Kentucky, plus 183. Upset specials. Give me Cincinnati over West Virginia for plus 200 odds. And Virginia, major vibes play over Duke, plus 155. Alright, is that it for week 12, second edition? Week 12, part two, second edition. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's all we got. Obviously, guys, big game this weekend. Hopefully, we bring the dub back. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Whether you're going to the game, you'll be there on Rocky Top with us, you're going to be home watching the game, whatever you're doing, let's shoot those dogs on. Rocky Top sucks. Tennessee sucks. Go dogs. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as I just said, let's say it again. Can't say enough. As always, go dogs.